the horror story coalition of Midwestern Undead, headquartered in Dank and Dreary, downtown Transylvania, Arizona, presents Tales from a Grave Graveyard and Other Supernatural Occurrences. I'm your host, Jekyll Mundane, and my co-host today is... Cynthia Ghostman. Well, Cynthia, we've got five wonderful stories in store for us today. Are you excited? I'm so excited. I can't even wait. Me too, Cynthia. But of course, before we begin, we must deal with the formalities. We have a few announcements for you today. First of all, Donna Smith is hosting a bake sale on Friday the 13th of November to support the Homes for Stray Black Cats Foundation. Contact her for more information about this event. I know she'll be needing some of Layla's world-famous scones, am I right, Cynthia? <laughs> I'm like last week and I almost passed out from how delicious they were. Positively scrumptious, Cynthia. And just as a reminder, this show is made in part by listeners like you. Today's patron is Julie Robinson, who is wishing her vampire husband, Dave, a very happy 500th birthday. She writes, love you, Smoochie Poe. Here's to your first millennium. Oh, thanks, Julia. Oh, the big five. Oh, oh. <laughs> I remember when I hit that. Oh, yes. It's positively one of the best days of my life. Absolutely. Cynthia, don't we have another sponsor today? Yes. Today's episode is sponsored by Scare Place. Stay tuned for more details later in the show. Well, Cynthia, today's first story comes from John, who is called in to tell us about a horrifying day when he learned of a ghost in his own home. When my mother was pregnant with me, she told me that once she saw an old man in a bathrobe walking through the family home. Now this was an old home, but being pregnant with yours truly, she felt like she was just seeing something. However, this story concludes later when she ran into the same people who bought the house from her. And the wife of the two asked, what is with the old man in the robe that sometimes walks through the house? At this moment, she realized that what she saw was a real ghost. Oh, that was positively terrifying, Cynthia. I don't know. I've never been pregnant before, but my goodness, I would hate to see a ghost in my own home. Unless, of course, it was my great uncle Frank. He's quite the quite the gentleman. I've once played a game or two of Uno with him late at night. I really liked the part where um, she found out that it was actually a real ghost. <laughs> I remember when that happened to me. It's always really funny when that happens, when you figure out that like what you've been seeing is like an actual ghost and that you're not just crazy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's really a relief, honestly, but so spooky too. And I, I just really appreciated his honesty in sharing the story because I knew that some really weird things happened to my mom when she was pregnant with me. But when I tell other people about them, they always look at me a little oddly. I've really appreciated his authenticity, Cynthia. And I must say, it is quite comforting to know that the real ghost is in fact real. 
I once thought my shower head was a ghost for 14 months and everyone else thought I was crazy until I found out I was right and it was a real ghost. I remember that, yeah. I was really concerned for you, but I was glad that you were still showering. I only shower like three times a year, so I don't have that problem. This is good news to know, Cynthia. I'm glad you've been cutting back on the showering. A young listener, Hudson, calls in to tell us a tale of aliens invading the Earth. Once upon a time, me and my cousins, two of my cousins, Carl and Tobin, were at Carl's house. They decided, they called Hudson and Rex and to come over in a little while. So, it took, they decided they'd go on a walk. They went on a little walk, but and when they came back, Carl's mom wasn't there. The car was there, the truck wasn't. It was crashed in the ditch. They said, Carl and Tobin said, what happened here? And, well, and Carl and Rex and Hudson got here. And they said, and then they saw what happened and they said, what happened? And Carl and Tobin said, we don't know. And then all, and then they, so they got them. So they all got weapons that night. They figured it, and then they went out in the field. And they looked, all the corn was on the ground making a sign. And they looked up on top of the corn, they saw a huge slimy leg. And then that night they listened to the radio and it said, aliens are attacking the world. They said, we have to do something. Tobin said, I brought some money. They went out in town, and just in case anyone was there, they put some money and bought a few Lego sets for all of them to share. And then, later on, they figured out that what had happened. That, And then, that night, they said, oh no, we forgot to put Mackie in. They had forgot to put their dog Mac inside here. So they went back inside. So they went back outside. And then they Carl Hudson saw something in the garage. He said, uh, and he and he had brought in a little nerf so he got the bullet in the nerf and he shot it. Something screeched in there when the, he had shot an alien. Then they got Mac inside that night and they said, we better get covered. So they started putting boards, and nailing boards in front of the windows. And they said, and Carl said, we ran out. So they put the whole bed and slept in sleeping bags instead. And then that night, 
all of a sudden, yeah, Tobin heard Mackie barking and said, and he went downstairs and said, what's wrong, Mackie? The, when, the door was glass, so they saw it was an alien knocking on the door. Then all of a sudden they said, we forgot the attic door. It isn't blocked off yet. So, and then they heard a big crash. They all ran downstairs. They knew the aliens had broken in. Mac, everyone ran downstairs into the bathroom and brought in food and locked the door. Mackie was locked in the room. They had everything under control. In the morning, Carl woke up. He heard Tobin cheering. And then he started cheering, which woke Rex and Hudson up. And then everyone started cheering. It said on the news, we have found a way to kill the aliens. They went out, they went outside of the bathroom. And then, you know how you can see the reflection in the TV? They saw the reflection, but behind the couch, they saw the reflection of an alien. They looked behind and sure enough, there was an alien. They saw a near a bat laying down, a baseball bat, and they were and Carl jumped at it and grabbed the bat and swung the bat at the zombie. And then a glass jar fell on its head and they figured out water was the alien's weakness. So then they got a few bullets and loaded them in a gun and shot a few glasses of water down on the alien. It melted. A few days, weeks later, they celebrated the day of the aliens being defeated. You know, I think that the movie Signs was loosely based on this child's life. You know, I was thinking quite the same thing. In fact, it even reminded me of a historical documentary known as The War of the Worlds. It really, really did. And so I think that this child must be very famous. And I just can't believe that him and his cousins were so brave in defeating that alien. I I personally am for aliens' rights, but I, I don't think that he had the right to be in their home. So I, I'm proud of them using the self-defense measures i just wish that they had talked to the aliens more before they destroyed them they might have been able to come to some kind of galaxy peace treaty of some kind i don't know that is right that is in fact a possibility in this story however i believe these were darker times and perhaps this is why there was such violence and chaos in the streets Yes, because nowadays the aliens live peacefully among us, as we all know. Um, but this was a while ago, so I could see that. There was, there was a time when aliens could not walk down the street uh, without um, being recognized. Yes, that's of course correct, Cynthia. And we had to develop those anti-humidity suits as well to better suit their needs. And we're really proud of the men in black and how they have um, improved the state of alien lives within uh, the United States, as can be clearly seen in the multiple films. Yes, of course. Aliens are, in fact, starring in more and more films as we speak. Well, Cynthia, I think it's time we heard from our sponsor, Scare Place. Are you tired of the creaky floors in your house no longer being creaky? 
Are the ghosts leaving your sunny and newly carpeted home? It might be time to check out Scareplace, a new app that has helped tens of people found their perfect haunted home. From dragon-infested bungalows to thousand-year-old castles in the middle of haunted woods, Scareplace is the perfect website to find your forever home. Our next caller is a man named Matthew. He, in fact, calls in to tell us a story of a monk and a man searching for eternal life. Once there was a man. His name was Frank. Frank heard a rumor about the monks, how they knew the secret to eternal life. So he set out to find it so that he could also learn the secret. After much searching, he finally came upon a monastery where he met an elderly monk outside watering flowers. The man, Frank, approached the monk and asked, Hello, I'm looking for the secret to eternal life. And the monk responded, Well, unfortunately, I can't tell you because you're not a monk. Frank was a little bit surprised that that seemed to be the only requirement needed. So he questioned further. Is that the only requirement? And the man responded, yes. Well, how do I become a monk? Frank asked. The man said, well, I will show you. So the monk took Frank and began instructing him in the ways of becoming a monk. And after much trial, tribulation, and fatigue, and no small amount of blood, sweat, and tears, Frank finally passed the initiation and became a monk. So he approached the man again. What is the secret to eternal life? Come, the man said. So Frank followed him up to a tree where the man pulled a branch and a secret passage opened underneath the tree. There the man and Frank descended down a dark flight of stairs, their only light a single torch that the monk carried in front of them. Eventually, Frank realized that they were in a crypt filled with coffins and all sorts of other horrible things. They continued down the long tunnel. Frank beginning to get a little bit concerned about the location that they were in, but the monk seemed calm enough and that eased Frank's mind a little. Finally, the monk said, Beyond this door lies the secret which you seek. Frank hesitantly opened the door. He stepped inside. 
And then he realized the horrible truth. The monks weren't keeping the secret to eternal life a secret for the sake of the world, but for the sake of the individual seeking the secret. The truth was so horrible that Frank let out a high blood-curdling scream of terror. Unfortunately, I can't tell you the secret because you're not a monk. But what was the secret, Cynthia? I need to know. Unfortunately, I don't believe we will ever know. However, it does seem an apt story today on Reformation Day. It really does. And I have a great uncle who's a monk, so I wonder if he'll tell me the secret if I pay him enough money. Perhaps. We have another story from a young listener. His name is Ezra. And he is here to tell us of a terrifying tale of Rainbow and the Hundred Skeletons. Once upon a time, Rainbow was in the house and she woke up and trod down the stairs out the window. Oh, and then she ran away to the store and she looked in, but she didn't see anyone there. She saw that start. She saw so signs that she just climbed through the chimney into the store and she saw a little glowing green thing. She chased after it, but then it disappeared. She wondered why, but then he saw a, a, a little person crawling on the ground around like a baby with a storm super costume on. She looked out the window. She saw everyone going to different houses with a bat and dropping dang candy. But then she figured out that was Halloween. But then she saw that everyone didn't have costumes on. And everyone and, and was as late started, but she wondered why that they weren't having costumes on. But then she thought that he saw Hudson. But then he saw a big statue hanging on the ceiling, and then she just like screamed and ran away. But then. But that's not the end of the story. So it was going to the dot, but then the sun melted and it turned dark. There was no moon, anything. Then she just woke up one day and she found out that she just had a scary dream. But then, she looked out the window. Everything was just the same. So she figured out that it was a dream. But then she saw that she was on the road, not in the house. She went to the house, but it wasn't. 
but the house was not there. They looked everywhere and there was no houses. No oh, houses. There was none. There's not even houses anywhere. But then, as she kept walking, she saw there was just one house, not two. There was only just one. But when he 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 saw a dice saw rainbow, but he had a darkest tattoo mask. She ran after Rainbow. She jumped in, and she found a her the the house. And she jumped in, and there's just found her little house. And she jumped in, and and the dog catcher saw her her little dog house. And she closed the door, and the dog catcher just walked out the way, and then. The next morning, she woke up, and it was still dark. So she fell asleep, but when she woke up, it was still dark. And she slept for a way long time. When she woke up, it was still dark. And she woke why it was still dark. It was weird. So she thought of a plan, and she, she taught her mom. And Rainbow's mom came up. And she said, "Why is it still nighttime?" And when she said, "I don't know," and then they saw what hundred statues around the the houses in in the world. There's tons of statues everywhere, and witches and and vampires and well. And more vampires, and more and more and more, more vampires, more and more statins, more and more witches, and more, more statins and witches. It just kept going all the way until oh, just then she saw a big snake, and then she figured out that it was a viper snake. And then, when she saw it, she ran into her daddy's house and closed the door. But then she peeked out and she saw her house was all covered up in slime. And she wondered why. But then she saw a big snail on it, and she was slithering on it. So she closed the door and. There's well, snail slime everywhere on it, on her house. She ran and escaped into her house, and then this is not the end, but I'm just it's going to keep going, okay? So Rainbow kept walking until she found a big house, and it was. The door is locked, but then she walked in, knocked at the door, and then jumps when something popped out at the on the door, right at her, and she screamed. 
And then she climbed up the house into a chimney and she looked down. But then she saw a little bunny thing. Then she knew that it was fire. So she ran down the little window. But she saw everything in the house was fire. And then she ran away. Really on the edge of my seat with that one. I had no idea how it was going to end, and it was so spooky. All of those vampires. I know, Cynthia. I truly could not follow that story at all, and it left me on the edge of my seat the whole time. I'm really frightened now. What's going to happen when I wake up tomorrow? And what if it's dark and there are no houses? It really makes one wonder. Yes. Not even two, just one houses. Frightening, truly frightening. Positively terrifying. However, I have been thinking about it recently, and I'm not so sure he didn't confuse a monster rave for a spooky night. It's true. I've seen that similar confusion within my own life. Of course. One can never know, even among the monster population, who is out to spook. And who is out to scare? It's true. Well, Cynthia, we only have one more story. And I hope you're ready for it. Our final story comes from a man named Bertus. He calls in to tell. Well, I'm honestly not quite so sure. You'll just have to see for yourself. There was one day when I woke up in my bed. Now, there's nothing so unusual about such a thing. However, I couldn't help but notice that one of my left socks, yes, I wear two socks to bed, it's completely normal. One of my left socks was missing. Now, the only rational thing that this could mean was that a troll was in my midst. And then I turned to the side, my right side, and lo and behold, a waffle was stuck in my ear. And then I was rushed to the hospital, where a troll Perform surgery on my left ear. And that is how I contracted the plague. Oh my goodness, I haven't had a waffle stuck in my ear since 1997. I'm honestly speechless by that story, and I'm so sorry that he contracted the plague. I remember when I had the plague. I went out shopping at a mall and everyone else got it too somehow. It was terrible. Positively awful. Even us monsters hate the plague. It's true. (laughs) However, I must admit, Bertus did in fact have quite a soothing voice. Really did. It was somehow familiar. I don't know why. I'm sure it will bring us some comfort. Or perhaps even more horror. 
And these trying times, Cynthia. Indeed. Well, Cynthia, it appears we have reached the end of the hour. It was so hard to say goodbye, but I hope you've enjoyed these spooky stories that we've been able to share with you on this lovely Halloween night. Yes, remember all you listeners out there to exercise as much safety as possible today when you're out scaring people. And of course, don't forget to tune in next week for a very special episode of Tales from a Grave Graveyard and other supernatural occurrences for a hot expose on Canadian werewolf mounties and why after centuries, they're going vegan. And feel free to write in to our address at Redacted, 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 Transylvania, Arizona. And as always, stay spooky.